The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Thursday, April 6th in Hong Kong. Wednesday, April 5th in New York. Coming up today, some weaker-than-expected U.S. economic data aggravates fear of recession. The regional lender Western Alliance tries to soothe worries about its deposit balance, and Saudi Arabia hikes oil prices to Asia. President Tsai Ing-wen says it's more important now than ever to protect democracy in the world, meeting with Kevin McCarthy, who assures U.S. bonds. President Macron in Beijing with President Xi saying China can have a role in Ukraine. I'm Ed Baxter with Global News. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Bonnie Quinn. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester saying Fed officials will need to hike interest rates a little bit higher and then hold them there for some time. Mester said this will be necessary for the Fed to make sure inflation is on a sustainable downward path. We're going to be sort of calibrating in order to see that inflation is going to move down. And my own forecast is that it will take some time to get inflation back down. But I, you know, I think we're going to make some appreciable progress this year and then continue to make progress next year and then hit 2% in 2025. Mester estimates that a closely watched gauge of inflation will reach three and three quarters percent by the end of 2023. Now, Mester does not vote on monetary policy decisions this year, but she said she's open to adjusting her outlook on policy based on how the U.S. economy evolves. The regional bank Western Alliance is trying to soothe worries over its deposit balance. That story from Bloomberg's Ann Cates. Wall Street has been focused on the metric after a run on deposits contributed to the collapse of three lenders in March. In a regulatory filing, Western Alliance reported an 11 percent decline in deposits in the first quarter. But balances have increased so far this month, cutting the drop this year to 9 percent. The disclosure eased concerns after Western Alliance updated the bank's financial status without including the deposit figure. Strategists at Truist Security say the deposit situation is better than feared. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. UBS chairman Colm Kelleher said the integration of Credit Suisse will take three to four years, excluding the wind-down of the investment bank. This comes after UBS agreed to buy its long-standing rival for three billion Swiss francs in an historic transaction last month. The government-brokered emergency deal was aimed at putting an end to a crisis of confidence at Credit Suisse. Here's Kelleher speaking at UBS's annual general meeting. This transaction is the first merger of two global systemically important banks. This is not in any way an easy deal to do and brings with it significant execution risk. 
In a separate presentation, UBS Vice Chairman Lucas Gavieler said that the Credit Suisse brand will continue to exist in Switzerland for the foreseeable future. He added that the bank will consider all options for Credit Suisse's local business. In other news, the Swiss government said that Credit Suisse's top executives will have outstanding bonuses cancelled or cut by up to half. It's a result of state aid being provided by the Swiss Central Bank last month to help shore up the bank's liquidity. And a warning today from the International Monetary Fund. The IMF says growing mistrust between Washington and Beijing may put global GDP at risk. That story from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong. The IMF warned that U.S.-China tensions could lead to foreign direct investment and other capital being channeled toward aligned blocks of countries. This was said in an excerpt released from the IMF's upcoming World Economic Outlook. One scenario it modeled included a world splintered into U.S. and China-centered camps, with some countries, including India and Indonesia, non-aligned. The IMF said this could result in global output falling by 1% in five years and 2% long-term, and risk would be particularly high for some emerging and developing nations. A separate IMF analysis warned that rising tensions could lead to cross-border outflows that would threaten financial stability. Both full IMF reports are scheduled to be released next Tuesday during the IMF's spring meetings in Washington. In Hong Kong, I'm Joanne Wong, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Saudi Arabia is hiking official selling prices for all of its oil sales to Asian customers in May. State-owned Saudi Aramco raised its selling price for flagship Arab light crude to Asia by 30 cents a barrel. The hike comes days after the kingdom led a surprise OPEC Plus production cut. Traders who were surveyed before the OPEC Plus decision had expected Arab light prices to fall by 43 cents a barrel. One analyst at UBS says the new prices show that Saudis are still expecting strong Asian demand for crude. Aramco currently sells about 60 percent of its crude shipments to Asia, China, Japan, South Korea and India, the biggest buyers. Mentioned a moment ago the weak economic data here that we had in the U.S., not only the service sector PMI, but the ADP figure on private payrolls. Now, at one point today, the yield on the 10-year Treasury was around 150 basis points below the yield on the three-month T-bill. That's the widest that we have seen in decades. Historically, this is a pretty reliable indicator that the economy is headed for a severe slowdown. Now, right now, the swaps market is showing bets favoring a pause in Fed tightening rather than another 25 basis point increase at the May FOMC. Let's check global news next here on Daybreak Asia. Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen has received assurances from U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy that ties between the two have never been stronger. Ed Baxter with more from the Bloomberg Newsroom in San Francisco. Eddie? Yeah, exactly right, Doug. President Tsai saying very strongly, talking about the importance of freedom and democracy in today's world. We once again find ourselves in a world where democracy is under threat. And the urgency of keeping the beacon of freedom shining cannot be understated. And stresses strength. President Reagan said it best. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation. Now, McCarthy saying the U.S. will honor its obligations, and with Bloomberg's Emery Hordern exclusively said dialogue internationally is extraordinarily important. If we want to make sure that we foster democracy and peace and make sure we don't get into any type of conflict, people need to sit down. And what China needs to understand is they can't dictate 
who a speaker of the House can meet with, maybe with foe or friend. For the same moment that Macron's sitting down with President Xi, I think that's great. I would sit down with President Xi. Now again, McCarthy speaking with Bloomberg's Anne-Marie Hordern. Now, Anne-Marie has been covering this all day, and uh, she says truly historic. This is the first time we've seen a Taiwanese leader sit down with the Speaker of the House, who is the third highest ranking government official, on U.S. soil. Now, China has already responded to this meeting. Bloomberg's Joe Matthews saying China has already sent warships into the north of the Taiwan Strait. Taiwan's Ministry of Defense reporting spotting 14 Chinese military aircraft, three Navy vessels in the area over the past 24 hours. And U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken cautioning China not to overreact. Private, they're unofficial, but they've been going on for years. And uh, President Tsai and uh, her predecessors uh, have... Uh, have done the same thing. Now, McCarthy mentioned meeting with President uh, uh, President Xi, China's president, that that in reference to France President Emmanuel Macron being in Beijing as we speak. Now, Macron is saying China can play a role in Ukraine and that he opposes any moves to decouple from the world's second largest economy. He says he will push Europe to take a more moderate stance toward Beijing. And New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has exited her role as Prime Minister. You can be anxious, sensitive, kind, and wear your heart on your sleeve. You can be a mother or not. You can be an ex-Mormon or not. You can be a nerd, a crier, a hugger. You can be all of these things. And not only can you be here, you can lead just like me. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, and this is Bloomberg. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Eddie, thank you. Daybreak Asia, I'm Doug Krisner along with Vonnie Quinn in the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. I want to take a closer look now at today's price action with our own Mike Regan, who is Bloomberg Market's senior editor. He is on the line from uh, here in New York. Mike, it's always a pleasure. I was uh, noting a moment ago, if you look at what the swaps market is indicating right now, the bets seem to favor a Fed pause rather than more tightening in May. And and even with that, there was weakness in, in pockets of the equity market. How do you explain this? Well, Doug, I think for one thing, you have to look at just what a blockbuster first quarter was. Uh, you know, NASDAQ 100 up 20 percent, S&P up 7 percent. So, you know, now that we turn the calendar into a, a fresh quarter this week, I think some of the motivation that, that really caused that uh, rally, especially towards the end of the quarter, when people were, say, rebalancing into target allocation, you know, 60-40 type of portfolios, or uh, just simply window dressing to, to say, hey, I, I bought the winners this uh, quarter uh, to my investors and my fund. That motivation, you know, it's hard to quantify exactly how much that helped towards the end of the quarter, but to, to what extent it did, that motivation's dried up. So now today, um, we're sort of left looking, staring at the data points. And while it's true the Fed may pause, I think, you know, the signal from the eco data is that 
these rate hikes are, are starting to bite. You know, the ISM number uh, was well below estimates at 51.2, and the new orders and employment component of that survey were, were fairly weak, too. Uh, also, the ADP jobs number, uh, 145,000 private sector jobs added. That's way down from the previous month, uh, way below the estimates, too. It was 65,000 below the estimates. So, a pause, I think, you know, would be welcome by the equity market, but we're, I think we're still waiting to see, well, how, how much effect will the rate hikes we've seen already continue to impact the economy? Because as Chairman Powell will say repeatedly and famously, you know, there are variable and lagging effects to monetary policy. So I, I feel like the market is kind of waiting for more shoes to drop as far as where uh, this monetary tightening is going to slow the economy, and, and to what degree. So I, that's kind of the, the theme of the, the day, though. I think, you know, the big story is that we're in a new quarter now, and, and you know, fund investors, fund managers have a, a fresh uh, sheet to work with, and that motivation that might have had them buying at the end of the quarter is no longer there. Does that imply, Mike, that the equity market is not yet pricing in any kind of recession? I mean, this is the body, the debate that everyone has all day. I mean, I think the argument that it has is that, look, we were down 20% last year in the S&P 500, even though we did have 2% economic growth. So how much of a, whether it be a soft landing or a shallow recession, was priced in by that? Um, and is the equity market uh, seeing through the, the weak spell that's about to hit us? Um, I think it would be unusual historically for the market to sort of just rally through a, a real contraction uh, in growth. Um, but at the same time, you know, we really we went into uncharted waters when the pandemic hit. And while, you know, life's back to normal and we've kind of learned to live with the virus, I feel like the fina- financial markets really haven't normalized yet. Um, so it, it, it's hard to really say. And, and I think most investors you talk to, um, and strategists especially, the sell-side strategists, are, are very bearish. If they are buying stocks, they're looking at quality, um, which ironically is these NASDAQ 100 companies, the, the top tier of them, hmm. your Apple, Microsoft, that sort of stock uh, these days. Um, so it is interesting, interestingly, those were the stocks that uh, had the biggest drag on the market today, which Sort of leads me to back to that notion that well we we got that first quarter out of the way and the rebalancing and and window dressing that goes along with that and now it's it's a fresh sheet of paper for this quarter and kind of the market's back to playing uh, the the cards as they come with the economic data and sort of holding your breath waiting for that earnings season uh, to approach. And to that point, I mean, I'm looking at uh, using the WEI function on the Bloomberg terminal, a little bit of defensiveness in the rotation into things like utilities and healthcare, kind of defensive pockets of the market and out of things that are more economically sensitive, whether it's consumer discretionary or industrials. So yes, we're keeping money to work in the equity trade, but maybe positioning ourselves a little more defensively. Yeah, I think that's absolutely uh, right, Doug. And, you know, the, the sort of the definition of what's defensive has changed a little bit. Um, your Microsofts and Apple are now considered very defensive, but they, they all did so well in the first quarter that I think, you know, you're right that maybe some classical defensive positioning in the healthcare, uh, you know, uh, J&J had a big rally, but they had news about uh, their their uh, cancer settlement as well. So, um, uh, you know, a little bit of a mixed message there. Um 
But, you know, I think ultimately it all comes down to the job market, right? Mm. And uh, the, the job market had for so long looked bulletproof, uh, regardless of inflation, regardless of Fed rate hikes. Now we're starting, I think people are starting to question that a little bit with the weak ADP number. Uh, yesterday, we saw the job openings, the JOLTS report, come down back below 10 million. I mean, still uh, historically a huge number of job openings, but well off of those uh, highs that we saw of over 11 million. So I think a little bit of nervous nervousness ahead of the payrolls uh, report on Friday. You know, that's expected to show a dip down to about 235,000 jobs from over 300,000 the previous month. So mm. I think where the labor market goes will, will really dictate where the equity market goes. If, in fact, these numbers that we're seeing, uh, there's carry through to that. And we do see more sort of weakness in, in uh, the labor market that has been so red hot throughout all of this. Real quick, Mike, if you can, Bainbelsky recommending buying the dip in financials. Anybody else doing that? There's certainly uh, people, you know, whatever you see this type of dip in regional banks, there's there's definitely the contrarians uh, saying there's got to be some bargains there. There's a lot of sort of uh, M&A speculation, speculation heating up that some of the weaker regional banks might get um, uh, taken over uh, by larger banks and that there will be a little bit more leeway for uh, from the government to allow the real big banks to, to get even bigger uh with some takeovers. So there certainly is a a pocket of of investors that are are taking a hard look at financials and maybe starting to nibble. Then again, that Western Alliance Bank shares today down 12%. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcast. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, Channel 119, the iHeart Radio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Vonnie Quinn. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.